Welcome back to Straight to DVD. What's up, dude? Dude! How you doing? Own. I'm good. I'm alive. I'm here. I'm watching movies, dude. Dude, it's it's about that time of year again. Your your favorite, favorite time, time, of, time year, of year. My favorite time of year. Most people we know's yeah. favorite time of year. Yeah. What what time of year is it, Ref? It's well, not yet, but it's about to be Spooktober. Dude. But it Didn't is spoopy we... season now. Yeah, that's it's it's a very important distinction that I think should be made, and I'm pretty sure we had this exact mm-hmm. conversation our last spook spooktober season yeah. uh, episode last year that really spooky season starts in September. It starts I think I was arguing for it it's starting right after Labor Day. Yes. The Tuesday after Labor Day through at least a week before Thanksgiving. Yes, I think so. I think Thanksgiving feels like a nice button. Mm-hmm. And Labor Day feels like a nice ignition. Yeah. I really, I would go into August. But I feel Dude. like most people would be, would have some reservations about that. So I'll, we'll stick with Tuesday after Labor Day for now. Right. And and just like our spooky season episode last year, once again, I will say I wish, and actually I may have said this in our monster movie episode as well, uh, <laughs> that we like repetition here, just like Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, that really there on April 31st, there should be a holiday called Half a Ween. Oh, I like that. It's six months before Halloween. Call it Half a Ween. You can wear half a costume. <laughs> it's it's perfect. You can watch movies that aren't fully like horror flicks, but maybe like a thriller or something. Right. It's yes. I'm down. Like Silence of the Lambs. Yeah. Or or this um, movie. Or this. Yeah, that's actually an excellent point because, uh, just to get, get ahead of the ball here before it yeah, rolls dude. down the hill. <laughs> Today we are discussing Robert Eggers' The Vavitch, um, a movie that I'm very surprised we haven't talked about before in its own episode. It certainly deserves its own episode. Um, Absolutely. But I feel like it came up maybe in past Halloween episodes and favorite horror movies or whatever. I mean, we've done we've done. Yeah. So many hours of these. We've done like a zillion episodes. So, yeah. Um. But Robert Eggers, the the Vavitch, uh, is a horror movie. Is also so much more. Um, I was thinking today, prior to this episode, is it one of the greatest horror movies ever made? And I think it probably is. Interesting. I don't know if what what's greatest for you is this. Uh... Like, give well, me a number. Is it top 10? Top... Uh, horror movies? Um, yeah. Or just movies of all time? Of of horror movies. Um, I would certainly say it's easily... So here's the thing, and I think we've... Once again, here we go. A tangent. Um, <laughs> the thing is, what you know, when we're doing, like... And I think this happened with monster movies, too. Is like, when we list, like, our top five or our top tens or whatever... Oftentimes, I feel like my lists aren't necessarily movies that are objectively the best. 
it's ones that I enjoy the most. Um, so I think I could safely say it's top five. I mean, I've certainly watched it more than any other horror film. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't realize you loved it I, that much. I love the Vavitch. I think you're going to be surprised about what my score is for the Vavitch. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> I think based on that, I, I know. I'm very fond of this movie. I, I love it. I adore it. But um, I don't know if it's top five horror or all time. I it's scan like, for the Vavitch. You, st- you stand for it? You yes. would murder Eminem for it? Yes. That's fair. Eminem would, Eminem Eminem would kill himself for the Vavitch, dude. <laughs> um, okay, I guess we can get into why why you stand <laughs> for it. Um, we don't well, have to sit here and talk about brutally murdering Eminem. Yeah, for no, of an hour. Not. We can for, just for any gosh. listeners out there who don't know us very well. I just want to be clear that that was a joke. So. That you're not threatening. That I'm not to threatening murder. Eminem. I just want that to be crystal clear. <laughs> Marshall Mathers, if you're listening, there is no plausible threat against no. your life from either of us. And even if there or was, or from Robert Eggers, right? And even if there was, there's I have no means of carrying out such an endeavor. <laughs> I'd poison his spaghetti. That's what I do. So his mom's spaghetti. Yeah, yeah. So his mother would be in on it. So. Robert Eggers His knees would get weak. Oh God, we're just <laughs> he'd vomit all over his sweater. He might look calm already. and ready to drop bombs, <laughs> but he keeps on forgetting that I poisoned him. <laughs> <laughs> so Robert So the okay, Witch. Keep, yeah, so the okay. So Robert Eggers the Bavitch. Okay. Uh where to even begin? Why do I stand so hard for it? Um I'm just going to bullet rapid fire list some things that I, that I think are great. And then you can tell me if you agree with any of them and then we can dive, dive deeper. And if you have any ones that I didn't mention, obviously throw them out as well. Um, yeah. I think it is. So number one, okay. It's 90 minutes long. All right. It's a full story effectively told within 90 minutes. There's no fat on this movie. That's number one. Number two, it achieves uh, its spookiness and cements itself in the horror genre without any cheap fucking antics. There's no, there, there, there's not a single jump scare in this movie. There are scary moments, but there's no scary figure and loud noise that fill up the screen to startle you. Uh, it achieves its frights um, in its uh, dramatic context and its implications and our ability to empathize with what's going on and actually imagine how horrifying that actually would be if we were a member of this family. Uh, number three, <laughs> uh, the script is fantastic. The direction is fan- I'm just going to bundle this in as one. The script is fantastic. The direction is fantastic. All of the actors are fantastic. It looks great. The sound design is excellent. The music is excellent. It all takes place in one little fucking location. 
the set design is amazing. The costume design is amazing. Uh, fucking the the goats that they hired are excellent performers. I'm not sure what else to add to that. Um, the only only slight negative I could maybe throw towards the film is the ending. I think it could have maybe I'm not gonna say what the ending is yet, but I I feel like it could have ended maybe 45 seconds to a minute earlier after a very specific conversation happens and still been effective. I thought I think the ending, depending on your mood, can come across as a little hokey. But aside from that, I think the movie's perfect. Well, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Uh um okay, I agreed with everything that you said um except except for the ending i think the ending is my favorite part of the movie i think it i think it ties up everything um wonderfully and it sort of it it highlights a like completely different sort of reading of everything that we've seen in the 89 minutes that leads up to it. Um, but it and it's funny that, that you, that you don't love the ending to well, this movie. Well, well, I, I assume, okay, well, let me, let, I, I should go, clarify that. Clarify. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we'll listen back to this episode and I will misquote myself and what you're saying right now will make a lot of sense <laughs> based on what I said initially. And I'm definitely misremembering what I said, but let me clarify in case I misspoke. I don't dislike the ending. I said, if there's anything that anyone, I definitely didn't say anyone, but if there's anything that anyone could poke holes at that might be difficult for me to defend, I think it would be the ending. I think given how grounded and sort of earthy the rest of the film is, and like you're saying, that is the point of the ending, that it's not that based on choices that are made by our protagonist. Um, it's not meant to be that, but it can come across as a little over-the-top fantastical. Does it to me? Not on every viewing. I've seen this movie a lot of times. Sometimes the ending works for me. Sometimes I'm like, meh, if that helps reconfigure. Oh, man. I That's really interesting. I didn't think that this would be like a point of contention. I thought that for the most part, like everyone who digs this movie digs it because of the ending. Like, I'm, like, pretty in on this movie for the most part throughout it. And then once that ending happens, that is when I'm, like, pushed over the edge into, oh, this movie is is excellent. There, Before that, I think it's, like, really good. But that's what pushes me into, like, masterful. To, to clarify, and maybe you, you may already have inferred this. The the only part of the ending I'm referring to is when she's walked mm -hmm. into the woods. Yeah. And then no, no, finds no, no. something. I, yes. There's a conversation that yeah. happens before that that's also fantastical that I love. That I think yeah. is amazing. Like, like the final shot of the movie you okay. think could lose some people. Um, but I think okay. that's when I'm thinking like best endings or like last shots that I love. Like this is this is up there. It's mm -hmm. not my it's not a top five movie for me, but in terms of like final shots, 
it's like probably top 10. Nice. Which we is always, totally we always say category. these things and then we never know what the other four, the, the other nine are. We're just like, it's probably in there. And it's then there's like there. 20 to 30 other movies yeah. that also are like, yeah, no, they're in there. there. There will be blood is, is one of them and like the breakfast uh, club. And oh yeah, I, I know what some is. of the, yeah, there will be blood is a great ending. Anyways, um, please yeah. continue. Sorry. Um, but I mean, on all the other points, I, I, I fully agree. Um, the fact that it's like tight, that it's a nice tight 90 minutes mm-hmm. is wonderful. I think the, the casting is incredible. Like the woman who plays the mom totally looks like she was born two to 300 years ago. Katie, like, D- Katie Dickey, a game of Thrones vet. She looks like she's never seen a television. Like <laughs> she just has the perfect face to, cause that can throw you off. If you like, like, especially a movie like this, that is, that is very much so a period piece. And a lot of you buying into like what's happening in the dialogue and stuff revolves around um, being sold and convinced that this is something that took place. And these people are from another time. Like if you cast if you don't cast the right people, um, it won't feel like you're being dropped into that period. And this movie, like casting directors should get Oscar nominations because it makes a huge difference when the people who are cast to play the characters not only do a good job of acting, but are picked in a, in a way that sort of fits the entire vibe of this movie. Um, and I think she's just a perfect example of like, great casting there's like i can't think of another person who could fit that role as well as she does um and then like you like you said like on top of that not only are they cast perfectly but like all the performances are great um even the uh the kid who plays the brother caleb like he has like this whole like this whole monologue that's um like a really crucial part of the movie um and super super freaky and and creepy and um yeah just just all that stuff and like he knocks it out of the park and he's maybe like 10 or 11 Mm -hmm. um obviously anya taylor joy is is awesome or is it joy taylor i always mix it up but she's she's fantastic you you were Um, correct the first time taylor joy the first one and then um what's his name ralph innocent another game of thrones that he's he's rad as well. And that's the entire cast. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's like maybe like five other people in the movie who are on screen for all of like 30 seconds. Um, so it's cool. You get to, you know, if you're making this movie, like you can make this movie for dirt cheap because you're shooting on location in Massachusetts. Um, you have a very small cast. There's, there aren't like a lot of, or really any effects or anything that you have to worry about. It's like, hey, let's get a crew, someone to shoot this stuff, someone to edit this stuff, and boom, let's make a movie. It'll be 90 minutes long. Like, yeah, it's awesome. This is this checks like all of the boxes for for why movies are awesome and like how people can continue to make good movies, even in an age where it feels like that's not a thing that's allowed anymore. The movie only costs four million dollars to make. Yeah, like that's like there's no excuse for us to not be making movies like this all the time. Um, except I guess there aren't as many weirdos like Robert Eggers who will totally throw themselves into 
the research that it takes to fully immerse yourself in in a period where people would do like some pretty strange stuff and make a movie about that um like robert eggers is awesome all of his movies he does like extensive research to make sure that they are as authentic as possible for the time period that that the movie takes place in um and it, and it, and it shows all that is is a reflection of people that are passionate and really care about what it is they're making um no amount of money thrown at the screen by producers dictates whether or not the product is going to be good this movie cost four million dollars to make it is probably better than 99 percent of all other films that cost much more than it does Yeah. Imagine, dude. Imagine people being passionate about the things that they decide to put on screen. Imagine imagine a director who, I don't know, has something to say and does it through the medium of, of cinema. And imagine we get to sit down either in a theater or at home and watch that and feel something like... Isn't that cool? Isn't that neat? Isn't that why we why we do any of this stuff? I mean, it's movie like movies like this are what cause people to become writers, to become directors, to become actors and actresses, to become fucking costume designers, uh, to become cinematographers, to become editors. Uh, it, it's just every single fabric of this film's being is, you know, we often say when it's something we're passionate about and like you, you, your phrases, you know, it's firing on all cylinders. Um, and it's really applicable, I think in this film's case, in the sense that everybody who worked on it um, was either limitlessly passionate about what it was they were doing or their boss, whether it's, Eggers or the other producers or whatever the producers that trusted Eggers knew how to focus them to get what is ultimately the finished product um, and I just think you know what's amazing about the film is like you know we're talking about how oh it's only 90 minutes it feels even faster than that this movie fucking flies by because just everything is leading into the, into the next thing and everything is just like, holy shit, what the fuck is happening? Um, and it's not like that in a traditional sense. It's not like, oh my God, there's like horrifying things on screen or like this weird horrific shit. It's just like very simple human character drama and anguish and fear and uh, horrifying uh, responsibility uh, that befalls these people. Uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it and is, is still listening, I guess it's, it's important to contextualize the movie. Is like you said, it, it's just like five or six actors and actresses. Essentially, it's this family: um, the two mother, the, the two mothers, the mother and the father, uh, the two babies, uh, the son and the daughter, and it's just them. And they leave uh, the comforts of their New England town um, for. Uh, what what is the 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 reason they they they're, the they're reason's shunned? never 
never really explained, but I think I think based on like scenes after, we can assume that it has something to do with like them not praying correctly and the father being very stuck in his ways about he's stubborn feeling that and, and prideful, right? Yeah. He's very, very stubborn, very arrogant man. Um so I mean they don't spell it out exactly, but we can assume that it's something along those lines. Or the people know that this family's cursed. Indeed. Surprise. Um, but but what you're saying is that is absolutely right. They leave in the first place due to his his pride and and his stubbornness, and that is the catalyst for everything terrible um, and wicked that happens to them. Um, and that's essentially the drama of the film is it's, you know, they, they pray a lot and he prays a lot and they try to wash away their sin as a result of doing this. Um, and it's just a movie about how the littlest of sins can build up and amount to despair and death on an excruciating scale. (laughs) (laughs) I, um, yeah, I mean, like, to go off the father's sort of like stubborn arrogance um, and all that stuff. I think it's cool that, and oftentimes when people talk about like good horror movies, you'll hear things like, Oh, you know, like the real monsters, the people, um, what a good horror movie does is it highlights um, aspects of our humanity and sort of how we treat others and how, um, you know, the scariest things in, in the world aren't like these supernatural beans or, or anything like that it's um it's just like the the silliness and the and the, the the malice that like lives within us as people um and this movie does a really good job of like making all of the the characters and it's a lot easier when there are only five or six characters in a movie to make them all sort of fully realized um and they have both good and evil within them um they're very human they're flawed but they also have a lot of redeeming qualities and that sort of stuff can fluctuate from scene to scene i think we see it most with the father character where sometimes um it feels like he's on um uh thomas's side anya taylor joy's character sometimes it feels like he's on her side but then other times it feels like he's the one who's fully antagonizing her um you know, we see it with with her little brother, like he wants to help her, but he's also got his own stuff going on um, that we could maybe get into. Um, even with Thomason, like she is our protagonist and we're supposed to sympathize with her, but she also has some flaws that we can recognize and see that, um, that she's maybe, you know, not someone who we should fully be aligning with in terms of like who who deserves our sensibilities in the film. Um, and this film, like, because there's not a whole lot of like cheap, cheap thrills, so to speak, there's, there are no jump scares. There's not a lot of like, just like gruesome imagery and stuff like that to sort of like freak you out. Um, this is really a like horror that is plot and, and story and character driven. Um, and it's, it's like super, super effective and even scarier than like something like. I don't know, saw um, because you, you leave it and you still feel 
uneasy at what you saw. You know, it's not just a momentary, ah, it's ah. not just a momentary sort of feeling. It's a, uh, it's something that like, that sits with you. It like gets deep in inside of you and, and stays with you for, for a while after you watch it. There are two things that you lit up in my mind as you were speaking, Raph. One of them, one of them is brief, you know, thinking about Saw or like a lot of other cheap modern day horror films. And I, we've said this a lot, but so many so many horror movies come out because they're so cheap to make they're so and they're, they're so easy to make they're not cheap or easy to make well but the genre is very cheap and easy to make um and so you think about something like saw or other films like it and i actually do to a degree enjoy the first saw movie um for certain reasons um i think today people there there's a common misconception that uh, gruesomeness equates to horror. A lot of horror movies that come out today, I think, are like uh, gruesome, or at least it was uh, a, a craze in cinema from like 2005 to like 2013. Torture I guess. porn. Torture porn, and and just like all and fucking jump scare of central hor- horrific imagery, um, kind of like shit. Paranormal Activity. I feel like is just jump scare city. I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's all it is. Um, you know, and then you think about something like the Blair Witch Project, where it's like, there's no jump scares in that movie. And it's, there you go. That's another top five horror movie for me. Um, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen. I still Um, refuse to watch it. I, I mean, I, I don't play it's, I certainly think it's scarier than, than the witch is. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) it's kind of hard to compare. I'm not to get in a witch, witch battle, (laughs) uh, but, uh, um, (laughs) You know, true horror doesn't have to quote unquote uh, scare you where you scream when you're watching it. You know, you can have a fucking lump in your throat or you can feel existential dread or whatever the fuck, however it manifests in you. But uh, there, I, I do think that I, this was supposed to be a small point, but there, there's uh, a misconception, I think, about what even makes a horror movie. Like, I, is Saw a horror movie? I, I don't think so. Is Hostel a horror movie? I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, but the, the second point is that, you know, you're talking about the cast of characters and all of their good qualities and all of their flaws. Uh, and, you know, I'm just like, oh, Thomason, Anya Taylor-Joy, Thomason, the word sin is in her name. Um, the, Dude. The, well, damn, Eggers, you fiend. Uh, <laughs> you dog. You dog. You. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, the seven deadly sins are represented in this film. Um, gre- you have greed. Ooh. You have greed with the the mother's greed for her cup, her silver cup. Uh, mm-hmm. You have lust with the little brother. Um, mm-hmm. You have uh, pride with uh, with the father. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are the other four sins? I've never committed a, a single sin, so I actually don't know them. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm is gluttony one of them? I've seen Glutt- seven. Gluttony is um is one of them, I believe. Let's Sloth. Uh, That's the first the, person that gets killed in uh or second in seven. Yes, and, I'm just. My, that's my only is, frame uh, of reference. Sloth are the two children, the two babies. Uh, <laughs> pride, pride is the father. Uh, greed is the mother. Lust is a little brother. Uh, envy, um, I believe, uh, 
actually is Thomason. She envies other families. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of uh, all. Do. They all. They all. They all do represent or uh, manifest some some form of envy. Uh, the fa- the the wrath of the parents on their children mm-hmm. for their mistakes, and uh, which is glo- I'm trying to think where where gluttony is rep- is represented. Um, Hmm. I'm not. I'm not sure. That might be. The, I'm sure there's. It's. It's in there. But there's I'm probably something, but it's. It. Yeah, not really. In. But but it, they are there. It's very clear that they made a conscious effort to have these elements, these seven elements, in the film itself. That's. I. I never really picked up on that. Um, dude, Bob. Bobby Eggs is a is a dog. Dude. Um, he really is. Because okay, let's talk about Bobby Eggs for a second. Because this guy. He directs the fuck out of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. He's made three movies. They're all awesome. I, have you seen The Northman yet? I've seen The Vavitch and I've seen The Lighthouse. I've not seen The 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 Northman. Okay. So, like I said before, he does this thing where he does like extensive research in order to drop us into a story that is, in a way, a period piece. Um, they're also in a... In, in their own respects, they're all sort of psychological thrillers. Um, but they also invoke and, um, steal from like various pieces of like literary history, like, like big sort of, um, from all different like kinds of periods. Like they take from like the classics, they take from, um, you know, that, that that's the only example I can think of. He, but they take from all, fo- like folk, folk tales, and and, fo- and yeah, folk he loves folk tales. Um, the Northman has some elements of Shakespeare in it. Um, like he's taking from these big sort of literary movements, and he's putting them on film and mixing them into these really in depth and um, and sort of authentic period pieces, which is a really like hard thing to do. And he pulls it off with three movies that are like so uniquely different from each other but all so good in their own rights and like also have um you know obvious sort of like through lines because it is the same director in terms of like different themes and stuff that he's interested in um but i i just i love the idea of a director who like fully throws himself into whatever it is that he's making a he or she is making a movie about like not just oh i wanted to make a movie about um, you know, early settlers in, in new England. Um, so like we'll get people to put on phony accents and we'll buy like cheap pilgrim hats from the Halloween store and some, which will ride a broom and we'll call it the Vavitch end of story. There's a little like title at the end of the movie that says, um, during his research, they read a lot of like court documents, diaries, and journals. Um, and other like actual like um like firsthand documents and pulled actual dialogue from those documents to use in the movie and you can sense it while you're watching it like it feels like i don't know 16th 17th century new england it, it's just authentic is is what yeah. it is it it's it's insane um, but the other thing that I wanted to to bring up about Bobby Eggs, um, and you haven't seen The Northman, so it might not 
hit as hard, but there is like this weird through line in his movies about um, people in olden days who have like so much time on their hands um, that they just like throw themselves into this weird sort of devotion to um, a certain belief system. uh, And they sort of wrap their entire identity and world around that. um, And like, they just can't, escape it no matter how much it ends up being a detriment to them uh like this family's devotion to christianity is it hinders their ability to like be their full selves more than it allows them to earn the salvation that they're looking for through christ they're a glutton for salvation they're a glutton for their religion that's the seventh one. Brilliant. We hit it. <laughs> Brilliant. It was right there. It was right in front of our eyes the entire time. It was. Just like God. <laughs> he's he's always there. He is. <laughs> is, is this movie anti-Christian uh, propaganda? Um uh no, I wouldn't say necessarily. I think the movie is um anti-extremism in that regard uh unrelenting unquestioning devotion like you said to an idea and the consequences of that lifestyle because if it you know um i feel like this is there was this was a certain like metaphor allegory in some uh some kung fu film i saw where it's just like uh, bamboo bends, but a stick breaks, you know, even though hmm. I, I'm not sure how the rest of it goes, but it's like, you have to be able to bend. If you, if you don't bend at all, eventually you'll break. So some a flexible thought process in regards to mm-hmm. your devotion, I think is a healthy thing. Well, yeah, they, they see, it's funny going back to like them being flawed characters and not existing as like black and white or yin and a yang like they are all they contain multitudes but their thought process about the world does not so like they either they either see people as like sinners or non-sinners uh thomason is either a witch or she's a good christian like there is no in between of like um i think at the beginning when she's she's like doing like a confession to to i guess just to god and she says that she's thought about like she's broken all the Ten Commandments and and thought by itself. But like that doesn't necessarily make her a bad person. Like, yeah, you know, she she broke a couple commandments, but like you could still be a good Christian if you do that. Like it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Confession's there for a reason. Yeah, but I guess that's a Catholic thing. Oh. And they're I, not I mean, Catholics. I, I don't uh I'm not I'm not I'm not familiar really with any uh any particular <laughs> avenue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Satanism. Now that uh read a book or two on that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> hmm. Um should we talk about the ending before yeah. before we skedaddle? Yeah, 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 for sure. 
So, okay, you know what? Let's just talk about spoilers here for a second. You've, we've made it this far. We haven't. We actually haven't spoiled anything, which is I, pretty amazing of us. But yeah. Now, okay, listen. If you're listening here, ending of the Vavitch spoilers. Massive, massive spoilers. Um, her whole family dies <laughs> due to certain the end. due to certain circumstances. Um, and a goat on their farm is actually Satan. <laughs> and it, it sounds ridiculous outside of the context of the movie, but it, it's, it's it makes amazing. too much sense. When, when, the, the, when I first saw it in theaters and she was talking to the goat, like confronting it as Lucifer, like if you're the devil, speak to me. And the camera's on her mm -hmm. face and there's this long silence. And then you hear fucking Lucifer's voice. The entire theater gasped, dude. And Damn. It was fucking amazing. That was that That's was my awesome. favorite moment of the entire film is when Lucifer first yeah. speaks to her. Um, there's also that shot in that same scene where I don't know what's in the foreground. It might be her, but like sort of in like the blurred background, there's a a goat hoof that takes a step, and then it like turns into Lucifer's boot, and then the other step you like hear all the all the shit that's hanging off his boot like like clanging around and shit and like i don't know how they set up that shot but it's fucking incredible um not not and showing then it's awesome him how was the not was showing the right him choice. and then they the the shot of her face where he's like hovering over her and you can only like barely make out that there's a person's face behind her is magnificent Great. Our imagination is more powerful than anything they could have shown us. Yeah. Like a, a wide shot of some dude with his fists yeah. on his hips. And he's like, I am Satan. It would have been corny as shit. But our version of what... The Russo the, brothers is the, the bitch. <laughs> oh my god. Um, our version of the devil... It's different for everybody. So not seeing him is such a, a crucial and intelligent choice. It's just like, oh, I mean, like, I can imagine what he might look like in there, what my version of him is. And even seeing that, I think, would, wouldn't be nearly as effective as just like, no, we don't need to see him. He's a fucking presence and he exists. That's terrifying enough. Not what yeah. he looks like. There, like, he also might not, because he's not really showing himself to her as as a man just as like an entity he's some other world like he's thing he's still goat yeah i don't fucking look <laughs> anyways um that part is fantastic the part that i was referring to way way back when the episode first began was uh she signs his book she agrees to be one of his witches and she wanders naked into the forest where there's a campfire of a bunch of butt other cheeks. naked You see her, her butt cheeks. And then you see a bunch of other butt cheeks, a bunch of other naked women who are also witches, all chanting around this bonfire. And then they all float up into the sky. And then the movie ends. And that's the part that we were thinking people can maybe yes. take issue with. And for me, that's 
like that's the entirety of the movie that that final scene in the woods and all them floating up um because i am you know i'm pro women and stuff i'm a bit of a feminist some would say um it really like it kind of recontextualizes the entire story as this sort of like like female like liberation sort of tale and all of them floating up at the end and being free to live as they please and you know experience all their powers as witches i thought was was kind of awesome i might be totally misreading that but that was how i saw it and that was for me like what made this movie excellent as opposed to just like really 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 freaking good for sure um it's it certainly doesn't bother me and i certainly don't think it detracts from the experience of the film um but i could see how it would for some um i guess i imagine a a version of it that's as ambiguous uh as her conversation with uh lucifer but I, I get what he's going for, and I get the point mm-hmm. that it's like, once that happens, it's real. It's literal. This crazy shit mm-hmm. now exists, and you're seeing it because now she's in the world of it. And look at all these witches, and now so, they all fly. Um, would, like, so I guess she, like she's, the, she's ascending. Like, she's literally ascending. Yeah, yeah. The, the issue could be not with my reading, but with the fact that it like goes hard supernatural at the end. But it, it's that weird it could because, end with like her like walking into the woods and seeing the other. I would. I women would around love fire, or bef- even before she sees the other ladies. No, I. I guess I sort of imagine a version of it where it's all still close on her face, and you see these other mm-hmm. women. Uh, like adjacent to her but it's all still like on her face and you hear them and you know she's standing in front of a fire and something's happening but we don't know what um and Mm. she like looks up and then she ever so slightly starts to ascend and then and then it cuts to black like we don't even we don't like see her like fully ascending yeah it's just like oh we see her just like start to float just just a little bit yeah, like enough that you don't know if she's standing on her tippy toes or not. Yeah, even that's fine. Okay. I, that's, um, I'm look. I'm not Robert Eggers, and I couldn't direct a movie yeah. half as good. So my my thoughts I, I, are, are moot because the movie's great. But yeah, I, I totally I totally hear what you're what you're saying. I just never. It's funny because I, I just never thought of thought of it that way. Um, like I just. I had that totally separate sort of reading of the ending. Well, the next which time I watch also, it, I'm not Robert Eggers, so I might not. be misinterpreting what he was going for. This whole time, I thought my my co-host was was Robert Eggers. Yeah, this whole thing's a sham, dude. Yeah, someone calls Zack Snyder. Yeah, I get him on the line. It's actually funny you say that because I was going to say, oh yeah, just like how the rocks come off Superman's casket at the end of Batman v Superman, just ever so slightly. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Eggers, take some notes from, uh, <laughs> from noted auteur, Zack Snyder. <laughs> That's right. Um, 
But all that said, uh, well, I, I, spoilers. Yeah, go ahead. Let's hear it. Uh, just the baby stew scene. Oh yeah, like Lord, mashing up baby Lord, guts Lord. is just one of the most unsettling things. The, but it's the, not the most unsettling thing in the movie. Like no. a wide shot of just trees is. Yeah, it's terrifying. <laughs> um, but right, this old witch who lives in the woods who torments them, um, steals their their most recent babe, and mutilates the thing into a paste and then rubs the paste on herself and then the next time she's seen she's young and it's like yeah like what the fuck <laughs> it's it's wild um but i guess that's another reason why i'm like cool with the ending because like the witches are are hella around that that's oh yeah oh they they be the supernatural is always there they be doing. They exist thing. in rabbits and and goats and all around us. The devil lives. So embrace it. He's right outside your door, dude. Let him in. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's the thesis of the movie. Yeah. Fucking don't tr- don't trust your goats, dude. <laughs> um, dude, Black Philip is the goat. He literally, yes. <laughs> Let's fucking go. Black Phillips. <laughs> um, the movie's amazing. I never get tired of watching it. I've seen it probably six or seven times. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I can't imagine I'll ever get tired of watching it. Uh, I will be watching it again uh, on Halloween Day. I'm saving it for Halloween Day. Um, and I'm also going to go to Salem uh just to hang out and hope and you know become a witch <laughs> <laughs> myself um nice so I'm dude look, looking forward to that uh but yeah i love the movie it gets five out of five from me i knew it yep but that's rad um look for me it's it's no hocus pocus there are better witch movies in my eyes. <laughs> that was a dumb joke. Um, now this movie's awesome. Um, it's it's extremely rad. It's not my favorite Eggers, surprisingly, mm-hmm. um, but I do adore it. Uh, for me, it's it's a four out of five, which I think is still pretty spectacular. Absolutely. Um, for for me, so. I wish I wish there were more like it. Keep making fucking folklore, folktale movies, Eggers. Yeah, man, we need we need Eggers to, to just keep doing his thing for a while. He is so consistent; it's kind of amazing. Yeah, because like it's I haven't awesome. I haven't seen the Northman yet, but I know I'm gonna love it. You're gonna you're gonna dig it. It's a shame that it it wasn't like bigger, um, a bigger success than it was, because it's cool. And he he deserves to he deserves to make ninety million dollar movies and five million dollar movies if he wants to, Absolutely. and anywhere in between, whatever the lighthouse. The, was. the budget should be fucking dictated by what's needed to tell the story, not to mm-hmm. uh, fucking appeal to spectacle, you know. Yeah. So whatever, <laughs> dude. And the lighthouse is awesome. The lighthouse is my yes. fave. The, light, the lighthouse is very, very good. 
I think you and I are actually flipped on the lighthouse and the witch. I think I give the lighthouse yeah, a, four I'm, of, a four out of five. I'm lighthouse, Vavitch, Northman. Yeah, yeah. But love all three. Of course. Um, Raph, are you a witch? If not, who are you and where can you be found? Dude, I can be found uh, st stirring my... What is it? Cauldron? cauldron yeah, stirring, yeah, stirring little kitties in a cauldron. Um, but when I'm not doing that, I can be found on the on the interwebs, um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Letterboxd. My handle is at Rafstit. It's all one word. It's R-A-F. It's S-T-I. It's T-T. Um, come hang. What Dude, about you, dog? Absolutely rad. Are you a witch? I'm, I'm not a witch, but if I were... If I were a witch that had an Instagram, you would be able to find me at Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. That's R-U-O-C-C-O. Michael underscore Romeo underscore Rocco underscore. You can also find me on Twitter at Michael underscore Rocco. Once again, that's R-U-O-C-C-O. And you can find both us witches and the podcast proper at Straight2DVDPod. That's the number two. Straight2DVDPod on Twitter, Instagram, and wherever you get your podcasts. Raph, another excellent episode, another great movie. Pretty sick. Pretty sick. Happy spoopy season. Dude, the spoop is real. We made it's it. here. It's inside all of us. We're it's back. Knock, it's knocking at our door, dude. Yeah. We're going to yeah, do more spoops. Looking forward to it. More spoops incoming. All right, dude. Everybody, thanks Please. for tuning in. We'll see you next time.